whistle blows and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars. Here we go, Vegas Hockey Hotline, AM 1400 KSHP. Brian Blessing, got a bounce in my step. This is it. What do we got? 49 minutes. Start thinking about that turkey and football and have a grand old time just lounging around. Hope everybody's got great plans. Spend time with your family, friends, and enjoy Thanksgiving. It's going to be great. It could be a wild, raucous weekend. But Friday, we're back on the beam. We're going to be over at the Superbook Friday, and that's always a treat. That's good fun. We'll go down there. It'll be great horse racing down there. We'll have college football games Friday. So if you're out and about, stop by, say hi. We'll be doing uh, Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Line Friday. Over in the Superbook at the Westgate, our buddy Andy Isco swinging by, Chris Wynn, Jake Cornegay rolls out the red carpet for us, so that'll be great fun. But really excited for Thanksgiving. My favorite day of the year. It really is. Well, actually, I mean, I love the Thursday and Friday of March Madness. From a sports perspective, I don't think it gets better than that. But tomorrow's sweatpants, recliner, food, football, Movies. It's just a great day. And hockey, to their credit, they take a powder, man. We got a monster menu of games tonight. Golden Knights in Nashville. And then they come back with a vengeance on Friday. And we've reached Thanksgiving where there's that old hockey kind of cliche in the stat. I mean, if you're in the playoffs at Thanksgiving, you're probably good to go. Over 80% of the teams that are in the playoffs as of today or tomorrow uh, will make it. And then there are some teams like the Islanders, man. I Listen, that's a, that's a dangerous hockey team when you get to the playoffs. But that road trip, it ate them alive. And I don't know how they make the playoffs. They've got just such a big hill to climb. But there's a lot of hockey left to be played. It's going to be fun. This is going to be a really good hour. Jason Pothier, your Super Midnight Vegas, is going to check in. Hey, just want to say we're thankful for all the people that make it possible for us to do the show. And, you know, Adam S. Kuttner on Twitter, on the Golden Knights, or on the Power Play. You can win tickets to a future Golden Knights game. Uh, you know, thanks to Adam. He's always been part of this. Uh, our friend Barry Levy, everybody with the Adam Kuttner. And don't forget Terrible Herbs, Brian Breeden, and Kara, and everybody over there. We thank them. Greatly, they've got the Golden Knights and the Raiders game day giveaways. You spin the wheel for a thousand bucks. The the package, it's a great promotion, and that's on the home games for the Raiders and for the Golden Knights. We thank them very much. And Larry Saunders, John Smith subs ninety seven zero one West Flamingo. He wraps around. There's all kinds of cool promotions wrapped around the sports Mondays and Thursday nights. I would say tomorrow, and don't worry about it tomorrow. But Monday and Thursday night, you wear, or you wear hockey football garb in there, and you get twenty percent off your order. Friday, the sixteen subs are only five bucks. Tuesday, buy one sub, get one free. Uh, they're all great friends of the programs, and all of the casinos, sportsbook directors, everybody um, that contributes to our radio shows. I just want to personally say thank you. Uh, makes it 
so much fun to do the show. It helps us be able to do it. And I just want to share my sincere, heartfelt thanks to uh, one and all for everything they do for us so that we can do the show for you. And without further ado, again, thank you to all of them. And thank you to Jason Pothier, who's a dear friend and a friend of the program, our buddy from Simbin.Vegas. He and Ken Balky do great work covering the Golden Knights. I want to thank all our hockey guests, too. I mean, real well, I mean, being this, hang in there, Jason. I'm being a sentimental slob because, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, you know, many people who know me say, well, listen to this guy. He doesn't have a sincere bone in his body. Every blue moon I can throw it out there. Um, you know, Guys that have really contributed to the program, Stevie Slapshot, of course. Stevie will be back with us later in the week. Uh, love doing the stuff with Stevie and our hockey guests. And I don't want to leave anybody out, but guys that are just regular contributors. Mike Lewis from the Suncoast is a brilliant hockey mind, uh, and he's great fun. Steve Carp, obviously. Uh, you know, you sit there, you think of Dennis Bernstein from the fourth period.com. Ken Bulky comes in the studio. Jason comes in the studio. And Pat Micheletti, who was on yesterday. Mike Harrington in Buffalo comes on. Uh, we've, I mean, John Forsland, uh, you know, who comes on the show regularly. Pierre Maguire, guys like that. Uh, you know, honestly, Jason, when you say, hey, man, listen to me. I mean, I'm, I, this is really, I'm not like this. Anyway, I just want to thank them all. I mean, we're so fortunate. The hockey world's great, Jason, because. You know, I mean, with all the sports, hockey's the most down-to-earth. I mean, with really good people. You know? I mean, really good people. Hey, listen, you forgot to thank yourself. I mean, you give us five hours a week of hockey talk, really good hockey talk. And, uh, you know, you, you can't find that in a lot of markets, and, and especially this market. So, hey, Brian, thank you so much. Well, thank you, buddy. No, well, you know this one, but seriously... We say this every day, and I'm not joking. I mean, we love doing sports with radio and all the stuff we do. My favorite hour of the day is the hockey show. I mean, and we do, the crazy thing is we don't take any time off. Since this, since this team came in, I mean, a year leading up to them arriving, uh, we go year-round. We go every day, and you're sitting there going, well, what idiot would do a hockey show in August? <laughs> or, you know what? It's amazing. There's always stuff to talk about. And it's my favorite yeah. hour of the day. Hockey's just one of these things where, uh, you know, the passion for the sport itself, uh, appreciating the game, the way the game's been played, uh, the code of it, um, you know, and for the most part, the athletes, they're, they're the most down-to-earth, accessible guys. I, I mean, I just I love everything about the game of hockey. Yeah, I do too. And, and, and especially, like you said, around this time of year, it's what, sort of – not necessarily when the gas, you know, the the, the player, uh, players and the teams put their foot on the gas, but it's more or less, like you said, this is serious hockey now. The people who are in position to make the playoffs, they're doing everything they can to better their seating. And then you got teams like the Ducks, who, you know, surprisingly, they're in the playoffs, and at this point forward, can they stay there? So, yeah, I, hockey's just... Uh, all around it, all around you know the year you could talk about it, but I just love this time of year because it means that we're we're really firing it up. And oh, by the way, I I knew I would do that and just start rambling. I can remember phone numbers from when I'm five. I can remember hockey games and scores and stuff when I was ten years old. I don't know what I did five minutes ago. I knew I'd forget something. <laughs> Dave Shane from the RJ is spectacular, and you know he he's always really gracious with his time and. 
that, that's the cool thing too, Jason. I mean, I think there's a, you know, there's a camaraderie with the media. You know, I mean, I I don't think you ever look at it like anybody's competing with anybody. I think we're all passionate about the sport and good information's good information wherever it comes from. Absolutely, and I think we all offer something different to the fans. So, like you said, we're not really competing with each other. We're not, you know, we all respect each other, and and I think it's one of those things that it's hockey again. It goes back to being hockey. It's not, you know, we're we're not trying to steal uh, headlines or or you know uh, information from each other. We're just trying to get it all out there, and I think the fans appreciate it. All right, so again, the Golden Knights, where they reside, come off the loss to St. Louis, you know. That's a hockey game. Didn't go their way. You know, any road trip, you know, I, and I, it's funny. I mean, around here, I think the fans and the expectations and maybe even the team themselves, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But at the end of the day, you go on a two-game road trip, you, you come home 500 on that trip, you're probably happy. So there, there's work to be done tonight to see if they can regroup and get a W out of Nashville. And I, I mean, I, I think a lot of people sort of downplay St. Louis. I think St. Louis is a very good team. When they get all those young kids moving, and and you know they get goal, they get scoring from the defense. I mean, Bennington, I didn't even think played that really really well. On and I mean, you hear David Perron after the game. He said being down two early on just motivated us. It motivated us, you know, quickly, and we got that goal right away. And then before you know it, we have three. So I think losing to St. Louis isn't, you know, it's it's not the worst thing that can happen to the Golden Knights because, frankly, I think St. Louis is a pretty good team. No, there's no getting around that. I mean, what they've done to this point, I, I really, I enjoy watching the games now. I mean, I just enjoy watching the games. But I really enjoy watching the Golden Knights games. You know, watching, okay, hey, what's this Brooks kid bringing to the table? Or Amadio, even when he's in there. But Lasician, Cotter, Ronberg, I love watching guys like that getting a kick at the can and seeing if they can take the opportunity, seize it, and run with it. Yeah, and, and, and for Golden Knights fans, they hadn't really seen much you know, youth into their lineup before. So this is sort of their first year or first taste of AHL players becoming NHL players. And it seems like you know these kids are doing really well. And they've really answered the bell. They've done everything that DeBoer has needed. And, I mean, to be at this point where the Golden Knights are without, without their star players, I think it's a testament to the team, but, but just as much Pete DeBoer. Now, I got yelled at for this, but I think at this By point, who? I mean, a, well, uh, people that, you know, don't, you know, that, that uh, DeBoer still has to win fans over. Let's put it that way. But what he's doing, I listen, think- what he's doing with his team right now, you know, this guy flat out is doing a hell of a job. Pat Micheletti was on yesterday, and his brother Joe, who's on NBC a lot, or, you know, had been on NBC a lot, uh, obviously does the Rangers game, from afar. Joe Micheletti was telling his brother Pat, he thinks DeBoer was the best coach in the league. And I, and I think at this point, and I know, again, it maybe it's too early, but he's almost Jack Adams' uh, candidates right now because of what he's been able to do. He, he, he somehow can get the most or get what he wants 
out of these guys, these young defensemen, these young players. I mean, Nick Hague is having a fantastic season. I know there's been some defensive deficiencies at time, but I mean, getting offense from a kid like that already and, you know, and then getting everything you need and more from Alex Petrangelo. I, I just, I, I really am impressed with what I've seen DeBoer put together on this little run. No, it's been beyond impressive. If, if you tell me, you could uh, maybe appreciate this. You're a Patriots fan, and we know. I mean, listen, there's a difference. I mean, Belichick wins title after title after title, and DeBoer, his resume is not going to be complete. And you know, if this guy can get his name on a cup, uh, he's had a lot of great teams over the years. But the job DeBoer's doing in the early stages of this year. Very to me is very similar to what Belichick has done with New England, where New England has quickly bounced back. I don't know how it ends up for the Patriots. I mean, you and I'll have at it here in the next couple of weeks when the Bills and the Patriots start playing each other. But I mean, what he's doing with Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback, that New England team, this may be the best, and all the Super Bowls be damned. This may be the best coaching job Belichick's ever done. And at the end of the day, DeBoer could look back on it at the end of this year and you might finish third in the division, you know, you're not a president's trophy team. It may be the best coaching job the guy's ever done. Yeah, and then and then especially as you add on piece by piece and hopefully Patrick's back in the lineup tonight, but as you keep adding that and DeBoer is getting what he's getting now out of the the role players, I mean, you just have to feel confident and positive if you're a fan because you know that as soon as Pacioretty's back and, and Stone's back to normal, because, you know, we've seen that he's fully – he might be fully healthy. He's just not fully back yet. And, you know, we've seen it take time. But as soon as DeBoer gets everybody back, I mean, just imagine what they can do. And like you said, who cares if they're in the third spot? They can still beat, you know, the, the, the top seed in the Pacific. Or, hey, heck, if they're right now they're in the wild card, they could still – beat Minnesota, still beat, you know, teams that are in the top spot. So, yeah, I, I think it's impressive, and, and uh, I hope he deserves – I hope he's getting the from the fan base because I know it's – you know, it was a tough transition from Gallant to DeBoer, and he still hasn't fully warmed up to the fans, but I hope that fans are seeing it this year. Hey, I wanted to ask you about one guy specifically and just get your take on And I'm really happy for the kid. And that's Jake Lasician, who had the knee injury, you know, when he was drafted. He was kind of behind the eight ball a little bit with the injury, catching up the do. And all the talk in the scouting report on the guy, this is a solid 200-foot player. He's a responsible guy in his own end. You know, I think nobody was talking about this guy being a top 6'4", but he's just going to be a real serviceable, nice piece, have a nice NHL career if he develops. And with this organization, there's just been no opportunity for any kid, save Glass and Haig, really, uh, to come in here and really get a kick at the can. And he was kind of out of sight, out of mind. And then we saw him in the preseason a little bit. And now seeing the games that he's getting to play, I mean, he's played 17 games. And he looks the part. He's bigger than I thought he was. He he just he just does the right things. He's just he's a sound hockey player. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying, you know, this kid's gonna be a 25, 30 goal scorer, any of that stuff. 
But he's a very, very useful NHL player, and and I'm happy for the kid that he's getting this shot. Yeah, me too. And what I like about him is, you know, you and I talk about it. We like the the element of a gritty player, a guy that gets in your face and maybe takes some penalties. He, he this is Jake is not one of those players. He's smart. He he. There was a couple of times he was being chased on the ice uh, last game, and you know somebody was trying to muck it up a little bit with him, but. He seemed very, very just content with skating away, making sure that he didn't pick up a penalty. And that's kind of what you want from your role players. You have to make sure they stay on the ice and they don't hurt your team when they're on the ice. So I, I think he just seems one of those smart, understands the, the, his role, understands the, the timing of the game, position, circumstances. You know, again, like you said, 25 goals might be a lot to expect. But, I mean, if you're getting 12 to 15 – uh, out of him, you know, a year or two from now. I mean, that, that that's a pretty good role player, especially, you know, they're not paying him that much. And what, what, what's your take on Ronberg? I, I guess what I – I mean, you're right. I mean, these kids are playing a Sorry about that, Jason. I was answering the phone. Yeah, let's get here. There we go. Sorry, Jason. Go finish what you were saying about Romberg. Yeah, yeah. No, no. He's just uh, like like we were talking about with with uh, decision. I just think it's it's a it's time these kids came up. They had they took their chance and and now they're running with. It. And I think it's a, a good sign. We got a couple of callers. I'm I'm telling you. It's a good thing I'm not working at NORAD, Jason, because Thanksgiving would have been ruined for everybody there. Uh, let's let's go to the phones. Uh, who we got, Mike or Tony? It's fine. I don't know if it's the right one or not. There you go, Can Tony. You yeah, Tony, go ahead, man. Brian, I'm off on Fridays if you need me to come down and uh, work anything for you. Work the phones. But, buddy, you know what? Mo- <laughs> motor skills are the first thing to go. And and, 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 and the, the really sad thing is I had been thinking about a career change, but this just confirmed it. I will never work at a nitroglycerin factory. I, we just need we need the live feed. I want to see you in there live all day long. Yeah, no, no, you don't. It's radio. I chose this. I chose this mode for a reason. Happy day. By the way, Tony, by the way, I, when I'm yes, thanking sir. the guests, I want to thank guys like you and Mike and a lot of our uh, people that call in religiously, and we appreciate your opinions. Happy Thanksgiving, Tony. What do you got? Happy Thanksgiving to you and Jason, to you and your family also. Um, Brian, listen, I'm not a, I've been watching hockey for 35 years. I feel like I know the game really well. Nowhere near as you as Jason and you do. But from just a guy that's doing the eye test, I don't care if Connor McDavid's coming. I don't care if Gretzky's coming. Our goalie, and I know you guys disagree, he gives up too many goals. I don't think we can score enough goals in the playoffs with this guy playing goalie. What's the, the least he's given up this year? Is it once, uh, one goal maybe once or twice? Every night it seems like we're going to have to score four or five to win the game. I don't know that it's that many, Tony. And the one thing, like to me, analytics and stats, and I know I, you know, people, you know, I'm the old guy, get off my lawn, and take that crap and throw it in the ocean. You know what? Goals against save percentage. We well, you know what Leonard does do, and you got to give him credit for this. 
He makes the save at the moment in the game when the save needs to be made. And, uh, you know, now, in, and in the playoffs, the style of play should be markedly different where your defensemen are a lot more diligent and he's facing less shots and less danger shots. But uh, how many he gives up doesn't bother me as long as he keeps making the big save at the right time. Yeah, one thing I've noticed about him, if I was a coach, I, and again, I'm a hockey, I'm not, I don't know all the terms. I would leave a guy on the weak side of the net, if that's what it's called. He cheats over to the guy that has the puck so hard, he will leave the backside of the net completely exposed. I, I, I think Tony. I think that has a lot to do with. I think that has a lot to do with his size and his style. They want him out there to, to you know, to make the the net look as small as possible. I know what you're talking about. It does make a lot of sense to have a guy there. And the one thing about I think that could restore a little bit more confidence is keep in mind, you know, the defense in front of him is not at its best, and there are still many, many breakdowns in front of the net. I mean, the other day, how many shots St. Louis have? in front of the net the, 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 the puck was loose and you know and I'll give you I, I agree with you Tony there are times where loose pucks are too much and Leonard can't control his rebounds at times but I do worry about the defense in front of him at times and when Alec Martinez comes back hopefully that helps clean it up a little bit in front Tony thank you buddy always appreciate the call man happy Thanksgiving thank you guys happy Thanksgiving thanks guys alright bud no good stuff hey, you know that it's an interesting point you know he brings up um, but let me ask you about the defense, Jason, specifically. And are some of these breakdowns a function of all the injuries and they've been ultra-aggressive trying to generate offense that has produced a lot higher danger shots the other way? Yeah, I, I think, and, and you, you know, you and I both – you know, we look at the analytics, and then we also look and use more of our eyes. But the analytics say that, yeah, the Golden Knights are, are going for it more offensively from their blue line, that it leaves open opportunities, you know, on the other side. So I think that should clamp down a little bit when you add offense back. So Pacioretty well, comes back, so maybe Shea and... And, and Petrangelo don't have to rush so much. And then, you know, you get Eichel, and then when Eichel's back in, hopefully you're not relying on Petrangelo, Martinez, Haig, and Shea to get a goal and a then, game because that's who you need. You need your offense doing that. And then all that translates back, and Leonard's facing a different brand of shots. I will give you the, the play that almost defines what we're kind of talking about, and that's the other night. Wall comes in on a rush, pulls up along the half wall. Okay, I mean, you can get yourself in trouble there. But to sit there and go, oh, Wall turned it over and blame him. And going, well, yeah, he played a role in it. The real culprit, and you know, whatever, the guy's playing his lungs out, was Petrangelo. Because Wall comes in on the half wall. As he's pulling up, Haig jumps down the middle of the ice going towards the net. Petrangelo's on the far side of the rink and totally misreads the play and almost chases Haig down low. Watt turns it over, and a defenseman, Falk, gets a breakaway from the other blue line. So, that, I mean, that's the point of the offense or the defense trying to do a lot to help produce offense. And, you know, we saw that when DeBoer coached San Jose, and they played 
the Golden Knights in the postseason. Uh, you know, Brent Burns would have the puck more than, than most forwards, and then he would try to find a shot, an open shot, it would block, and immediately, because he was, you know, pinching or, or close enough trying to get that shot, Riley Smith, William Carlson, whoever, are quickly on the puck turning it over and going, you know, breaking away or a two-on-one. So I think maybe DeBoer is using a little bit of that, you know, he, he definitely has an edge when it comes to defensive scoring. I mean, it, it, let's be honest, Petrangelo and Theodore and now Haig. So I think he really, really likes using them. But as of right now, when he doesn't have a stacked deck, it's sort of difficult for all of his players to be doing it correctly all the time. So, yeah, you're going to bounce into that. But like you said, I mean, once everybody's back, Leonard will be seeing different shots, and hopefully that means that his goals allowed will go down and, and – once Eichel and Pacioretty's back, their goals four will go up. So, I mean, right now, I think the formula is, is working for what they have. And then if it translates when everybody's healthy, look out. Back to the phones. Mike is on the line. And Mike is always, um, you know, a passionate Golden Knights fan who calls a lot. And we appreciate that, Mike. Happy Thanksgiving, sir. Well, same to you, gentlemen, and I want to get on the soapbox with these aging knees. Uh, first of all, Ronald Reagan would have fired you 40 years ago. You would have crashed every plane in the air. Yeah. But, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a fair point. You should have seen me. I mean, yeah, I was hitting, I was hitting the buttons with my elbows. It wasn't good. <laughs> okay, that's all right. You're in one piece. That's all we care about. I want people to know because – I listen to Locked on Predators and Locked on Blues. I listen to all these podcasts about other teams, and I'm not the definitive expert on podcasts or radio shows, uh, but I am pretty good at it. And the truth of the matter is we are so blessed to have you, Brian, uh, on, on the air every day, just like Jason said, five days a week, giving us the best hockey knowledge that possibly could be garnered by any group of listeners in the country in North America. Yeesh. I'll go as far as wow. well. I mean, that, thank you, Mike. Extend it to North America, right? Kind word. It is. It, it is the season of giving. I, nice words. And no, but you know what? You know what's great about it. I mean, what we were talking about at the beginning is true, Mike. And I mean, you're kind of a, a really good example of that. Passionate guy loves the sport. You go watch the practices. Uh, you watch it, you listen to podcasts, you listen to radio shows, you know, you're invested in, in, in your passion about it. And it's the beauty of the sport. Well, it is the greatness of the, of the fastest game on ice. Although I, I always wondered about that expression. Are we comparing it to curling? What other games on ice are there? But that's all right. It is a great game. The, the thing that excited me the most was that on Monday, I now know your exact age because you said you were in first grade when Kennedy got shot. Oh, damn. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did. I, I mean, well, see, you're a smart guy. All, all my idiot friends who ask me, and I'll never tell them, they're too stupid to yeah. do the math. But then you went and blew my cover. I'm so sorry. Unless you repeated first grade three times, then I don't know for sure. <laughs> well, I am dumb, but I ain't stupid. I got I made it through first grade. I want people also to know that Jason and Ken Bulky have the best podcast in the market. That's all there is to it. Sinbin has a remarkable podcast that I would, well, you'd have to tie me to a chair to keep me from missing it and take away my phone because it is so good. And even better, if Jason, if I may, 
is that wonderful Wednesday podcast with Mike McKenna, who really speaks his mind. I'm even though you're not as much a part of that, it is really good, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, and we appreciate that because you know we need you guys. We need you guys to listen and, and read our material. And and now the mics jumped on. It, it's just been a lot of fun this year. You know, it's been different. The past few years have been different. You know, we 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 had to find different. It's just like Brian. We had to find different ways to cover the sport. When a there wasn't that many games, and and b there were stretches without hockey. So. Uh, just getting it all together and, and having the fans still appreciate and listen to us, it means a lot. Well, thanks again, guys. You just keep up the incredible work. And I just am grateful that the hockey season is so darn long because we have you guys until maybe 4th of July weekend, well, which makes me very happy. I, you know what, Mike? Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. I appreciate it, sir. You bet. It's always a treat talking to Mike. He's a good guy. And uh, got a chance to meet Mike. And you've seen him over at practice, Jason. The bottom line is, it's an 82-game season again, bud, where travel is a real component in terms of who's winning and losing these games. Yeah, and I mean, you know, again, also, they're not playing the Ducks eight times. They're not playing Minnesota eight times. They're not playing these teams that we saw last year uh, eight times. Now we get to see the influx of what Edmonton really does have this year. Or, you know, hey, can can Seattle, you know, be a spoiler down the road? I really, again, I, I listen, I liked last season. I thought it was fun and quirky. But this is how re- hockey should really be going on. They should have long road trips and the East Coast, challenging East Coast trips. They, sh- they should have challenging Canadian trips. And then they should be able to come into the Midwest. You know, like you said, if they can go 500 on this little road trip, it's a positive road trip, uh, you know, before Thanksgiving. So I, 82 games means a lot. The one thing that he said, though, Brian, that scares me is July 4th. I, I don't know if we can uh, keep doing this all the way without a break to July 4th. Well, with the three-week break, I guess it would be going pretty close to July, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a first for hockey. No, I know. I mean, we'll see how it all pans out. But, you know, back to the 82-game thing. And I'm doing a new uh, deal. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, although we did it because of Thanksgiving. We did one today. You can follow me at Brian Blessing and, uh, you know, all the stuff's there on my Twitter. We're doing a thing with BetUS. I'm doing it with Dana Lane and Alex Smith. And we're, you know, previewing the games. And there's a new angle, Jason. Remember we always talked about in Vegas, you'd always see this. First game home from a long road trip can be a tough one, right? Really tough. I think we saw the one Nevada Day game where they got drilled by the abs. I think the worst game, one of the worst games they ever played, it was the first time I ever saw fans leave T-Mobile early. I'm pretty sure it was the Devils destroyed them. And it was their first game home from a long road trip, you know, and those those things are hard. Travel is a really hard thing. And now, after last year where everything was a one-hour hop, you know, in the division, now you're back into that groove of flying all over the place. And I think there's a new angle, and we're seeing it in play here. It's not so much the first game home from the long road trip. is these long road trips, guys are checking out mentally on the last game on the road, right? Vegas lost to Detroit 5-2. That the end of their Eastern road swing. The other night, uh, you had the, the Caps end of a Western road swing. Seattle, who couldn't get out of their own way, beat them. But it's just it's these kind of things where 
I don't care how good or how bad you are. Guys have good days, bad days. But there are just things and scenarios and situations that just work against you. And scheduling and travel in this sport is paramount. We just saw a game. I'll give you one the other day. Uh, Columbus plays Arizona, goes to uh, Vegas, and plays a close, hard-fought game. Then they fly to Buffalo. Now, West going East, and they're sitting there. They only had a quick one-day turnaround. But they're sitting in Buffalo, Jason, and they're watching the Sabres the night before play at Madison Square Garden, and the Rangers score with .4 seconds left in regulation. You talk about getting your heart ripped out of your chest. Then Buffalo goes home. Columbus beats them 7-4. You know, I mean, travel and all these situations that are in play, they're things that work in your favor or work against you. And, I, and, and, and here's another example that I think the Golden Knights were trying to, to aid their team. And they ended up, when they, they played in Toronto on that, the beginning of that uh, Canadian trip there, they left uh, two days prior to get to Toronto so they can have a full day just resting and, and, and you know, getting used to the time change, uh, and it still didn't work. And, again, you know, you can't fault the team. We're, we're talking about how tough travel is. So that sort of even though when you're, they're trying to fight the travel, uh, and, and sometimes it just can't work for them. So, I, yeah, I, and, and in a way, I sort of appreciate that more because this is what – the, the 82 game schedule is all about. They have to fight through travel, back to backs, uh, quick turnarounds, all these type of games and situations to make the playoffs. And I think that's why when we get to the playoff time, it's such an exciting moment because all these t- teams worked incredibly hard to get where well, they are. And this is going to sound, it may sound stupid, but I think this team, the organization, I mean, you want to win. You want to win every time you take the ice. But I think maybe to a fault. You can go to the first year where, you know, they rode flurry so hard going, what are you doing? You got the division. Rest this guy. And, you know, I think they put so much stock in seeding and all this other stuff. When To win the 16 games you need to win is get in the door and Look what Tampa Bay did. Kucherov falls in their lap. There's something to be said for being fresh when the playoffs start. And maybe all these injuries, all that's happened now, guys will have fresher legs when it matters most. Because at the end of the day, we might remember something as we see and talk about it a year from now. But the reality is we're going to be sitting there all summer long and leading into the next year, and we're going to talk about you know, how they won the first-round series against whomever or how they got upset. or you know, We're going to be talking about the playoffs. And, I mean, that that's why I think this year is just one of those seasons that it's really impressive right now. And, and I think what we can see from injuries, right, we, we're, we're all watching Mark Stone out there. He's trying hard. He's trying to do play his game. But he, he can't score. And, you know, I, I think that's one of those – situations where players clearly need time when it's you know 100 percent back on the ice and they're, they're they're facing tough competition not just their their practice mates and i think if the golden knights can get all the players back with enough time if eichel can be back with i, I don't know give, give me a number 15 games maybe i mean that would allow him to get his legs and his body 
fully acclimated for the playoffs. And like you said, if if your team is fresh and fighting for that playoff spot and they're and they're healthy, I mean, look out. This team is really that talented that I mean, we're talking about a team that if they're healthy and they're playing well, we're talking about a deep playoff team. And that's the expectation. That's the culture they've built here. And that's to be respected. And Foley's committed to winning. And ultimately, whether the way they do it and approach it ultimately reaps the big reward, time will be the judge of that. But, you know, I'm just I'm happy um, we're back to this 82-game deal. Hopeful that Ottawa's the only team that has the postponed games, Jason. But let me ask your take, pal. What do you personally think? Because I've always been a big proponent. I love the Olympics. I think they should have gone to South Korea and knowing they were going to go here because of the money grab aspect of it. But I wonder, I'm wondering what the powers that be are thinking and maybe even the players who are so infatuated with wanting to put their you know, country's jersey on. If some of these guys aren't a little bit leery of doing this now, and I... What do you make of the Olympics? Is it is it a go? Is it a green light? Or do you see this being a little slippery slope yet? I'm a little worried about it this year because I think a it was sort of squished in. They they really you know they 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 went from not wanting to go like you said to South Korea and and they all we all knew they were going to take the money and and go to China you know right that that's just sort of how things worked out, but. I think I'm a little worried about it because of all that time off, the extended schedule. Again, these guys played short hockey last year, right? There's a lot of guys that, uh, you know, they, they they clearly didn't make the playoffs and, and they hadn't played hockey in a long time. And now they have that full 82-game schedule. I think the three-week break will help. But, I mean, do you, a guy like Sidney Crosby, I think he was out there talking today, saying, you know, it's not a 100% sure thing that I'm going to participate. And he was playing it off like, I might not make it, which is silly. But, I mean, he could be, I don't know, setting himself up. I doubt he does. But maybe some of these guys, you end up seeing these guys sort of, you know what, I'm going to pass. I need the extra time. I need the rest. But, I mean, again, I'm like you. I love Olympic hockey. I'm just a little concerned this year that it it wasn't properly prepared for. Yeah, and I I hope they pull it off. But I think the players also are getting wind of this. You know, they despised the bubble. And basically that's what the Olympics are going to be, isn't it? It's going to be just like the Edmonton thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I mean, for the players that want to be there, that's one thing. And again, I think all players do. But if they start getting there and they feel a bubble aspect, they're going to want to come home as fast as possible. Not saying that they're going to blow any Olympic games or medal games, but, you know, they're probably not going to be as happy as they were in years past. And, I mean, how much time do those guys have to return to, to, to the NHL? So, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope, it, you know, I hope everything's clean and, and, and everybody comes out of there healthy and happy. But, yeah, I, I, I think it is a concern for the players. So what do you make of the game tonight with Nashville? Nashville's a tough team to get a read on. Yeah, they really are. I mean, you know, I think I think it's a team that sort of uh, wasn't quite sure what they were, but, you know, to start the season. Seems like they're coming around. Their talent's really picking up a little bit. I, I, I wouldn't put them in the level of St. Louis or Vegas, but 
you know, frankly, I got to be honest, I haven't watched too much of them this year, so I'm looking forward to watching them tonight and to see, you know, if if their goaltending can keep up. And listen, I I know Leonard sometimes concerns player uh, some fans, but I think Leonard, these are the games that Leonard steps up, or you know, even if it's Bursois, these are the games that a goalie needs to kind of help their offense. Uh, you know, heading back home after a one-day, two-game, two-game road trip. I, I think this is a game where the goalie has to come up big. Hey, by the way, Brassois, that game against Columbus, that game's 2 nothing. He makes a save, a great save. If that's 3 nothing. That's probably a different outcome. brassois has been fine. Yeah, yeah, and and again, you know, these we're talking about a guy who's going to be playing, I mean, a fraction of the games that Leonard is. So really, you just need him to come in, and and, and you know, I hate saying you know playing five hundred, but he has to be a you know a winning goaltender. He cannot be below five hundred because then essentially he's not doing his job. But um, I think what they have is is backup. I mean, now you could wonder if they paid him a little bit too much, which is one thing, but. For the most part, I think Brassois is a good backup. I, I don't think they would re- want to rely on him in a postseason series, but I think they got the right guy for a backup. Let's talk about the division for the final couple of minutes here, Jason. The Kings went nuts. Now the Kings are going off a cliff. That's the nature of teams like L.A. and Anaheim. I think with Anaheim, you know, Gibson, maybe they can hang around for, for maybe quite a while. San Jose, it's not flashy, but a game over 500. The Vancouver thing's you know, befuddling to me. That's just a dumpster fire. There's way too much talent there. But how about Calgary? This is the one. Okay, Edmonton, you got McDavid and Dreisaitl. You know, that's fine. You're rolling two of the best top five players in the world out there every night. Calgary's playing like they mean business. And you know what's sort of impressive about what Calgary's doing is they're forcing overtimes. Their games are going, a lot of their games are going into overtime. So even when they lose, I think they have five or six overtime losses this year. And again, we know how important those losses, those overtime losses hey, can be. Hey, buddy, that's and, a good, listen, Jason, it. that's an, a great point. I mean, Vegas, you sit here and you look at them, 11 and 8. They don't have one overtime loss. I mean, the, you're right. Those overtime games, those points matter. And especially when you're in a clump of teams in the Pacific, because like we, you were just talking about L.A., San Jose, you know, um, uh, Anaheim. I mean, these teams probably won't be there when the season's over, but if they can continue to kind of, you know, force force their way in, those overtime points really could come in handy down the stretch. And that's why I think Calgary's done a good job of building their points. And, you know, I, I, you got to think at this point they're in. All right. So you've got the little ones. You know, are they into Turkey? You got the big day planned? Uh, yeah, yeah. We got the, we got all the meals and all you know all the meat. Uh, we got the chicken, the ham, the, the, the turkey. Uh, the kids probably won't eat any of that. They'll probably eat just the mashed potatoes and all the good stuff. Uh, but you know we got the parade tomorrow, which they love. So great day. I'm, I, I'm like you. I love Thanksgiving. Well, I'm I'm you know 
happy for you. Like Thanksgiving now is my favorite day of the year. Christmas is awesome. Christmas is about the kids, and you're you're gonna have an unbelievable Christmas year when the kids come down and see all the presents. I mean, you're gonna have an unbelievable Christmas the age your kids are at. To me, I mean, tomorrow thing. This is gonna be the big bloat. I mean, sweatpants, recliner, food, football. Shut it down, man. <laughs> uh, sounds like sounds like a great day. Oh, yeah, it is for me. Yeah, you'll still be chasing the little ones around. You're, you're running. <laughs> you get. You have to run laps every day. <laughs> hey, it's worth it though, right? Hey, li- hey, listen. And with all sincerity uh, to, to you uh, and Ken, you guys do a great job at Sinbin, and you know, really good friends. Appreciate everything you do and all your contributions. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving with the family, pal. And, as always, thanks for doing this, and I know you uh, look forward maybe to get you in the studio maybe next week and say hi up, up close and personal. Absolutely. Thank you for always having us on, and uh, again, thank you for what you do as well, Brian. So, All right, happy Jason. Happy Thanksgiving. You got it, pal, and he's the best. J.R. Pothier at Sinbin.Vegas on Twitter. Follow me at Brian Blessing. We'll be over at the Superbook on Friday. Our buddy Chris wins in for TC next. He's going to join us Friday down there with Andy Isco, Jake Cornegay, hooking us up. Hey, everybody, chow down. Eat as much as you want. You've got the green light. Happy Thanksgiving.